Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. This morning is specifically chapter 8, and we looked at two weeks ago the first six seals that were opened, and this morning we're going to see the seventh seal that's going to be opened, which you recall is really a, uh, a seal. If you look at, on the graphic on the, on the screen here, the, the seventh seal there at the top, when that is opened, it's going to open up in a sense like an accordion, another wave of judgments of God, and they are the trumpet judgments. Today on Truth in Christ, our scripture says, When he opened the seventh seal. The sealed scroll was introduced in Revelation chapter 5, and the seals were opened one by one up to the sixth seal in Revelation chapter 6. We waited for the last seal to be opened and the contents of the seal to be revealed. But then we're given a pause with Revelation chapter 7, the revealing of the 144,000 and the great multitude out of the great tribulation. Now the idea of the pause between the sixth and seventh seal is emphasized by the silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Revelation chapter 8, it's the seven trumpet judgments. And if you recall... Jesus, in Matthew's Gospel, said about this time period that we're talking about, obviously we are in the Great Tribulation period in in the material that we're covering in the Bible. Now physically, you and I are still in the church age, because we're still here. (laughs) But once the church is removed in the rapture, there's going to be, we don't know exactly when it's going to be, there may be a small interval of time before this leader, this world leader is going to make a pact or a treaty with Israel to allow them to build their temple. We don't know how long that's going to be after the rapture, but the next thing on the agenda, on God's agenda, is the great tribulation period. And that's what we're getting into. That's what we've been in ever since we got to chapter 6, where we started with the sealed judgments. Last week we looked at the um, Revelation chapter 7, which is really a parenthetical chapter, they call it. It's a chapter between Six and, and eight, and uh, because we looked at the first six seals in Revelation chapter six, and then there's this pause, this parentheses, if you will, and God gives us information about the time period that we're dealing with to kind of give get an understanding of the bigger picture uh, as things move along. And so uh, we looked at last week the. The 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each tribe being sealed to go through the tribulation, to be a witness to the world. And we also looked at these tribulation saints, uh, more saints that will be martyred 
uh, in the tribulation period from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. And, and this is uh, just, uh, these are the Gentiles that will be martyred or killed during the time of the great tribulation. And if you recall, Jesus said in Matthew 24, as he was speaking of this very time that we're looking at right now, he said this, he said, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. And the elect that he's talking about are those during the tribulation period. It will be possible for a person, an individual, to be saved during the tribulation period. But let me tell you, it's going to be very difficult. The Bible says that there's going to be a strong delusion once the church is removed. The light, if you will, is going to be removed. That doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's going to be completely gone. No, he is omnipresent. But the witness of the church and the light within the church is going to be gone, and it's going to be very different. And the delusion is going to be much, much greater. And so it's easy for you and I now to receive Christ, but in that time, yet future to us, it is going to be much harder. And it will cost you your life. And if you do, by some grace of God, survive... Those first six or seven trumpets, or those those those, those first, you know, um, the, that devastation that God is going to pour out on the earth. If you do survive it, you're going to be very fortunate. You're going to be very fortunate. Millions of people are going to die during that time. It is going to be a time of great tribulation. It's going to be a period of God's judgment upon the world, not man's judgment. We've seen what man can do. We've seen the, you know, the Vietnam War, the Korean War. We've seen World War I and World War II. We've seen the Gulf War. We've seen these things. We've seen what man can do. We've seen Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We've seen what the atom bomb can do. We've seen all of these things, but what's coming is so, so grievous and so horrible that Jesus had to make the statement that if he didn't return at the end of it, nobody would survive. That's pretty serious. There's a lot of people on the earth, folks. A lot of people. So that is the period we are looking at. And the period uh, this morning is specifically chapter 8. And we looked at, two weeks ago, the first six seals that were opened. And this morning, we're going to see this seventh seal that's going to be opened, which you recall is really a... Uh, a seal, if you look at, on the graphic on the, on the screen here, the, the seventh seal there at the top, when that is opened, it's going to open up in a sense, like an accordion, another wave of judgments of God, and they are the trumpet judgments. And when we get to the seventh trumpet in Revelation chapter 11, that in turn is going to open up like an accordion for another seven instances of God's wrath called the bowl or the vile judgments, depending on if you have a new King James or a King James. So there's a lot coming upon the earth. Let's look at it. Let's get right into chapter 8. It says, when he, speaking of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, when he opened this seventh seal on this seven-sealed scroll, remember, this is the seventh seal. We're getting into the trumpets this morning. We're going to look at four of them. But this last seal is significant. And it is very obvious based on how it is given to us here in chapter 1. When he, Jesus, opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about an hour. For about an hour. And this is significant because 
There has never been silence in heaven as far as we know. Silence in heaven is not normal. Silence in heaven is very unusual because even the angelic realm and those who are there, they they constantly give worship and praise to God. It is a never-ending thing, and no one gets tired of it. Their whole perspective has changed. They're actually designed, they're built to worship. They they, they love him. They, they, They see the great God that he is. And there has never been silence in heaven. There are myriads of angels and celestial beings doing that very thing. We saw this in chapters 4 and 5 when we saw a glimpse of heaven and the different worship. There's different groups that are going to be in heaven. The elders, the, the angels, the four living creatures, all giving praise and honor to God. And this pause that we have here, this half hour of time. See, most people think that when we, when we are in heaven, that time will cease. No, time doesn't really cease. Our time is different, but there's still forward motion. There's still time. Wouldn't you agree with me? I, I used to believe that, that somehow we would be, eternity is, is very different. But it doesn't mean that there's not time. Because things happen, and things happen, and when they do happen, they have to happen in time. Does that make sense? So time is going to go on, but it's going to be measured very differently. So for a half an hour, there's going to be silence in heaven. Those on earth will be completely unaware of it. But in heaven, it will be deafening. The silence will be deafening. Have you ever experienced silence being deafening? Like when you're standing in front of 100 people or thousands of people and you say something, and all of a sudden they stop laughing, and you're like, where's that hook that can pull me off the stage, right? But the silence is deafening. Verse 2, and it says, I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So this is a very specific group of people. In fact, this is called, uh, the, the definite article is in here, the seven angels, a very specific group of angels with a specific task. And they were given a job to do. Each one of them is to blow a trumpet, and that trumpet would unleash a judgment of God. And when we look at uh, trumpets in the Bible, they were given, trumpets were sounded for many different reasons. Sounded at times of public assembly, which we're going to look at in just a moment, to direct soldiers in war. They didn't have cell phones, they didn't have those fancy cameras, or uh, fancy radios from Harris. They didn't have any of those things. They had to communicate through trumpet blasts, and one trumpet blast meant one thing, two trumpet blasts meant another thing, three meant something different, one long and one short meant something different, and everybody knew what those meant, and that's how they communicated. So it was meant to direct soldiers in war. It's also, they were used in the Old Testament to signal important events on the calendar, and we will see that. But the first mention we hear of trumpets is in Exodus chapter 19. In fact, if you would, go with me there. Because they've always been the sound to bring attention to something or herald the presence of someone important. Look with me at Exodus 19. This is the very first mention of a trumpet. The children of Israel had just come out of of Egypt. And they were in the desert for three months. And remember, God told them that he would meet them at at the mountain. And he would give them the commandments, the law. And it says in verse 10 of Exodus 19, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, 
The Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, and you shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain nor touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through with an arrow, whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. Now skip down to verse 16. It says, then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings. And we're going to see these kinds of things happening in heaven as the tribulation unfolds. We're going to see thunderings, lightnings, voices. There's going to be a solemnity to this. It's going to be a somber moment, something that God does not like. In fact, the Bible says that judgment is the strange work of God. It's not something he enjoys. He would much rather bless. He would much rather bless. That's more of in line with his character. But because he is a God of love, and because he is a God of perfection, he must judge wickedness. And the decision is ours. We have to make the decision. I can't make that decision for you. Hopefully you've all made that decision. Hopefully you all online have made that decision to serve Jesus Christ. Your only hope. He is the only hope. He is the only hope. But I digress. Let's get back here. And it says, In Moses, he brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely covered in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Notice, and when the blast of the trumpet sounded, this is the first instance we see of it, long, and it became louder and louder, Moses spoke and answered him by voice. And so we see this trumpet bringing them, the assembly, to attention. And so we see this kind of thing, and God here in this instance here this morning in chapter 8 he's bringing our attention to something no sound has been made now there's a trumpet sound there's warning there's something coming that's much bigger than what happened previously we see this also in the new testament we see the trumpets in fact uh in we call these two verses up on the screen the the rapture verses if you don't know these by heart memorize the the references by heart and remember them because you can show people where these things are These are the rapture verses, and each one of these are speaking of the same event, the rapture of the church, and it speaks of a trumpet. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 51, Paul says to the Corinthians, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Now, is this trumpet that he's referring to? Is it the last trumpet, the seventh trumpet that we're getting into? It is not, and I'll explain that shortly. But the New Testament talks about a trumpet. It's to bring attention to something. And isn't it worthy to be brought to attention, the rapture of the church? I mean, I don't really know if that's really a significant event or not. I mean, what do you think? Is it worth, you know, toot? Is it worth heralding? Is 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 it a big deal? Oh, let me tell you something. The church has been waiting for it since the beginning The beginning of the church, they've been longing for it. You know who's been longing for it longer than we have? Jesus Christ. Because he knows the expression on our face. Can you imagine? I've got to be careful here. I'm going to lose it. The joy on his face. To see your faith complete. To see all those tears, all those struggles on earth. And for, for you to see him and know that you'll never... Cease seeing his face forevermore. 
You'll never cease being in his presence forevermore. You will always be in his presence. I don't know about you folks, but I would trade everything in for that. Everything. Lord, you take everything. Because the alternative, think of the alternative here. Eternity separated from God and hell. That's a very real place. It wasn't even created for man. It was created for the devil and his angels. But God will not send you there. You will choose to go there by your decision that you make. God doesn't send you there. Anybody who says, well, I can't believe a God who would send me to hell. Say, buddy, God doesn't send you. You choose. Think of how empowered you are. You can choose Christ today, and you'll never see that place. But if you continue in your rebellion, in your obstinate heart, you will be sent to hell, and it'll be your fault. And you will stand before God at the great white throne, and he will show you all these things. And to me, that'd be the greatest remorseful time in all of history, is to stand before God at the white throne judgment, and to realize and have him show you all the opportunities. He could do that in an instant. He could show you all the opportunities that you've been afforded all of your life, all the times that he's intervened in your life, and you said, no thanks, I've got it, Lord, I can take it from here. All the times when you were crying after a loved one had passed away, where are you, God? I'm angry with you, God, and never reaching out to him, but instead getting more angry and, and, and pushing him off even more. You will stand before him, and there'll be no excuse for you at that point. But does that delight God? He does not delight in the death of the wicked. It is not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance, the word that nobody likes, but yet it's the word that means to turn around and go the other direction. If you're living a life of sin, and you're living a life that you know is not pleasing to God, you better turn today, because he loves you. Turn today, do not wait. Because if you don't, you don't know what tomorrow brings. Our life is but a vapor. Pastor Kevin thought his mom would be lasting at least a few weeks, maybe a couple months, and the Lord took her. Those four or five, I forget where there were four or five young ladies from Fairport back in 2014, 2015, they, were, they graduated from high school and they were on their way to Cuca Lake, I think it was. They were in a car accident and they died, all, all of them. They had no idea. You are not guaranteed tomorrow, but you're guaranteed, you, you've got this moment. Please make that moment count. Give your heart to Christ. Do not wait any longer. You cannot afford to wait any longer. And so, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this is the other one where the trumpet is mentioned, and Paul here is referencing the same exact moment in time, the rapture. What does he say? Verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. Notice that. Underline, trumpet of God. It's important. Trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. We will be harpazoed. We will be raptured. There's where our rapture word comes from. In Latin, it's rapio. We will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Boy, I think that's a great comfort. Now look with me over in, um, you know right now we're looking at the first trumpets. Um, In fact, in verse 7 of this chapter we're looking at, we're going to be talking about the first trumpet. But I want you to turn with me over to chapter 11 really quick and look at verse 15. When we get to this, we'll we'll review this again because it's worth reviewing. And here is why. There are three different ways that the church... um, 
There are three different viewpoints in the church. There are some who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. There are some who believe in a mid-tribulation rapture. And there are others who believe in a post-tribulation rapture. It's really easy to understand these because a pre-trib is a group of people like us, because the Bible is very clear about this, we will be... We will be um, raptured before the tribulation, hence the term pre-tribulation rapture. There are some who believe that there's going to be a mid-tribulation rapture, that we're not going to be raptured in the beginning before all hell breaks loose on the earth. But right in the middle, somehow we're going to be raptured at the middle point, and people believe, some believe, and, 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 and they're believers, and we love them, and there's, you know, they'll figure it out when, when, they, when they leave this earth with the rest of us that they were wrong. But when you look at um, chapter 15 of Revelation chapter 11, some believe that this seventh trumpet is actually the time when the church will be raptured, which is for those who hold to that mid-tribulation view. And there are others who believe that the church will be raptured after the tribulation period, which is even worse. Does God drag his bride through the mud and judge her? Does he? Is there plenty of scripture to point? There's so much in the scripture that points to a pre-trib rapture view than any other. But some hold to this view. But I, um, you know what, we'll, um, I mean, just let me just quickly go through this with you. If you look at Revelation chapter 11, I just want to point a couple things out to you. The mid-tribulation rapture cannot be, and here are the reasons why. The tribulation in Revelation chapter 11 verse 15 is blown by the seventh angel. Notice, it says, then the, in verse 15, then the seventh angel sounded and there were voices in heaven. So an angel is sounding this trumpet. But what did it tell us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? It says that, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And so this is clearly of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we just looked at, and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the dead in Christ are raised as a reward, not as in a judgment. Look at uh, the 18th verse of chapter 11 in Revelation there. It says, The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged. Does that sound like, a, does that sound like the church? No, it doesn't. It's not the church. The church is raised as a reward. It's the redemption of their bodies. It is the earnest of their salvation. Or the the redemption, actually. The earnest is the Spirit of God in us. And thirdly, in the trumpet blast, in this Revelation 11, verse 15, there are many voices in heaven being heard, but there is only one voice heard in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So do you understand that there are completely different things? So there is no mid-trib, as far as I believe, based on what I've shown you. And we'll look at this again when we get to Revelation 11. I just wanted to plant that seed now, because as we go forward, you're going to hear about that. And so we will look more about that when we get there. Does that make any sense? Maybe I've been spending too much time in study that I look out and I'm not sure... (laughs) So there are three different views, the pre-trib, the mid-trib, and the post-trib. We believe in the pre-trib. Everyone, you know, many have believed that for those reasons. There, there are probably others too. And this is important. It's important. Because 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 says, For God has not appointed us, and Paul was including himself, a member of the church, For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Whenever you've looked over the scriptures and you've seen that God has always removed his faithful remnant before he brought judgment, didn't that happen in Sodom and Gomorrah? Even though Lot was not the perfect uh, specimen of a Christian, God removed him and his family, some of his family anyway. He wanted to remove them all. The type is all. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.